0: In a world, the year 1995. Hello everyone, Brad the Movie Guy here along with co-host extraordinaire Cody Wilfong and we are back with another episode of Inner World Films What If Podcast and the universe we're going into today. We are going to be talking about a beloved 1995 comedic classic starring our good friend Chris Farley who uh, passed away all too soon so this episode will double as a tribute to uh, the late comedic actor and um, but First and foremost, we are going to be talking about his hit film, Tommy Boy, it co-stars a uh, frequent collaborator and friend, David Spade, and uh, there's no way better to start than right here, right now, in a World Films What If podcast. Holy shnikes, we are back everyone. Hello, I'm Bri the Movie Guy and I am joined with, well I will soon be joined by co-host extraordinaire Cody Wilfong. He had to go run a quick errand and so he will be joining me here shortly so I'm going to get the ball rolling and get us started. Um, As you know from the intro that you just heard a moment ago. Uh, we are talking about the 1995 classic film, Tommy Boy, starring the late, great Chris Farley. He's one of my all-time favorite comedians, uh, loved his stint on SNL. I grew up on it. Um, I was very young when all that happened, and it's still very uh, much a memory. I was six when he passed away, and it was very sad for me because, again, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, uh, loved his character in Wayne's World 2, loved him on SNL, Um Uh, the, it tastes great on a cracker. And then, uh, what else is some lunch lady? We got the wonderful lunch lady land by him. Uh, uh, hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders. Um, what else? Uh, like I said in the intro, this is going to be pretty much a tribute to Chris Farley. So it's hard to talk about him and not talk about all the great joy he brought us. Uh, every every tv appearance uh he's also a fellow green he was a fellow green bay uh packers fan and uh he was just a lover of just making people laugh and bringing joy to the world and he really did and he brought so much energy and joy and sadly his inner demons got to him um and was taken to us taken away from us all too soon and um but he still lives on, and today we're gonna not make this sad, but we are gonna be joyous about it because, um, I mean even the Patrick Swayze him, uh, with, next to Swayze on SNL, classic skits, um, um, the the French fry skit of
1: "lay off me, I'm starving."
0: It's very classic, very well known. Uh, again, stuff I remember watching as a kid, and so this was drawn in the grab bag, uh, not last week but uh, the week before Cody went on vacation. Um, and so I'm very happy to talk about this because we've talked about some serious movies and we kind of dwelled into a lot of more serious topics and some, uh, well, like horror films. There's been a lot of horror films like uh, just today as I was recording this right now, we released the uh, the Nun 2 review. So if you haven't heard that or if you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. But if you want to hear my review and thoughts, go over there. I have a lot, um, about an hour's worth. So, okay, so let's get started. Uh, the film, as, as much as this is a tribute to Chris Farley, uh, we are gonna try our best to focus on the film Tommy Boy, which was released in 1995, and Tommy Boy is as follows. After his beloved father, Brian Dennehy, uh, dies, dim-witted Tommy Callahan, Chris Farley, inherits a near-bankrupt automobile parts factory in Sandusky, Ohio. Oh, Um. His brand-new stepmother, Beverly, Bo Derek, uh wants to cash out and close. But Tommy's sentimental attachment to his father's employees spurs him to make one last-ditch effort to find someone who will buy their products. With his father's tightly-wound assistant, Richard, David Spade, in tow, Tommy hits the road to scare up some new clients. And it's a classic... um, there's a bit of Hamlet inspiration to this, and uh, it's in the seventy percent facts, I'm sure, um, which uh, we'll get to probably quicker than usual, depending on when Co-host Extraordinaire gets back. Uh, depending on because uh, you know seventy percent facts, it's just it's fun to talk about, but I I think some of our other uh, parts of this show are a little more fun to us, especially when we get to talk about the scenes um, in later segments, but. um yeah, it's a, it's a story about a son who is gone into a journey and there's a, like I said, there's the whole like Hamlet connection. It's very well obvious because, um, uh, his mother betrays the father and, you know, he goes on this journey and, um, he gets betrayed by his own family and whatnot. But, uh, it, it, I, I'm not an expert on Hamlet here, but I get, I know it's, there's Hamlet connections here. Uh, I'm taking a drink real quick. Excuse me, Um, but yeah, so I rewatched this a couple times this weekend, and it's such a funny movie, and it's weird, we'll talk about some of what the critics said um, as we go along, but uh, it's such a funny movie, and it's, there's no wonder, I wrote a little review recently on Letterboxd, and if you are listening and you want to, like, interact with me and talk about movies and stuff, I would actually love for people to follow me on Letterboxd, it is Bri underscore movie underscore guy. If you are listening or if you do follow me on Instagram already, uh, on our, uh, in a world film podcast page, um, all my links, you will find that link in there. So easy to find, uh, don't worry, but yeah, let's talk movies. I would love to talk movies with you. Um, some of you out there, I do talk movies with, and you know who you are special shout out sort of, um, But yeah, so, uh, let's get into what this podcast is about, and it, um, we're gonna get into the what-ifs. So, for a comedy, there's actually, like, a weird amount of what-ifs, but, uh, some of them actually kind of pertain to where, um, in the beginning intro, when, um, I said this was very much as much a Chris Farley tribute as it is about Tommy Boy, and I brought up a bunch of his SNL skits like The Lunch Lady Land and uh, Lay Off Me, I'm Starving, The, the, the Year, the, y- Are You Supposed to Eat French Fries, um, which also had David Spade in it. But um, So here are the what-ifs connected to this film. It was originally pitched with the idea of Chris Farley and Rob Lowe as brothers. So that's why they stepbrothers in this, uh, quote-unquote. When the concept was being retooled, Lord Michaels would watch Chris Farley and David Spade interact in their office at SNL. And he felt they were a good team, so they reworked it to have David Spade in it. And since they... I don't think Rob Lowe would look like Chris Farley's brother either, but here we are. Um... At one point during production, scheduling conflicts almost forced Rob Lowe to drop out of the film. This resulted in filmmakers holding improper tune in, uh auditions in Toro- Toronto, and one person that they were considering to take over to audition for the role, and he almost got it, Matthew McConaughey.
1: I don't think he'd be a good fit in this movie.
0: I think he'd be interesting, because this would be roughly around the time of Dazed and Confused, uh, so, we already have him in kind of a comedic role. We gotta do Dazed and Confused soon. I love that movie so much. We, and we already have the VHS ready. <laughs> <laughs> we already have it ready to go. Um, <laughs> that's a good one, too. Um, I can see him kind of doing it, but it would be like, uh, <laughs> let me, let me think of, uh, <laughs> hey, Tommy, let me tell you something. That don't smell like mud. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey smells... doesn't wear deodorant. He just smells like a man. No. Smells like a man. Don't say anything about that beautiful man. But... (laughs) Uh, The original working title was... Get this... Billy the Third... A Midwestern. However, Billy Madison was being developed around the same time as this was. So, since Madison was filmed just mere months before... And scheduled to be released a month before this... Lord Michaels insisted they change the name to avoid Confusion. Other names considered included Fat Chance and XL before settling on Tommy Boy. Which, that's one of the problems I probably have with this movie, is a little bit too heavy on the fat jokes. Uh, Which is whatever it is of the time, but it is something I know that also Chris Farley struggled with was... That was was the... Yeah, he was the fat guy in the sketches. But, I mean... He made it work, he brought us joy, but, you know, he still was fighting demons at this time. And uh, What the hell? Man, I just killed Diego in that one. Because
1: your player had 44 points.
0: Which player? Tyree killed. Tyree Hill, Shit. God. 215 yards. 200. That was a hell of a pickup. Um, the oh, Okay, so get this. The original role of Helen was supposed to be like that kind of like guest star, quick cameo thing. During the time, there was a very, te- very, very popular television program happening in the '90s about a mid-class family. Do you remember what that mid-class family was? Full House. It wasn't Full House. No, dude, Danny Tanner was a wake-up San Francisco TV host. That that, that t- they had. Three families in one house. There's no way that could be this poor. Um, I'll tell Roseanne. you. Yes! It was Roseanne Barr. Um, Roseanne Barr was originally supposed to play Helen, but was unable to appear in the film. Um, and this is the best what if that we have. And I don't know why it was in the fun facts that I was looking up, but it was. Uh, Chris Farley was originally the voice of Shrek. Yeah, I know. If you go onto YouTube right this yeah, second, got, like, people... It came out. Yes. And I, his Shrek would have been a lot different, obviously. You can go online and there's, like, storyboard art of, like, what his Shrek was going to look like. He and you can actually hear him. He didn't have an accent, okay. exactly. But you can actually, like, hear and kind of see what a Chris Farley Shrek would have been. Um, but he recorded the majority of his dialogue shortly before he passed away and was replaced by Mike Myers... Um The f- writers of that film actually patterned Shrek and Donkey's relationship off of Chris and David Spade's relationship in this film. So, that's why there's kind of this kind of mirror imagery of that. And, yeah, that is the quickest what-ifs we've had in a while because there wasn't that many. So, let's go on to the next category. They don't have Fiona in the cast of Shrek. On what? Google?
1: Yeah, well, I just quickly Googled it. Oh. That's so weird.
0: Anyway, anyway, uh we're it's time to hop we're gonna gun it to eighty eight, we're hopping into the DeLorean Cody, and we gotta talk about we're gonna go back to March thirty first, nineteen ninety-five, when this film was released. Now, it premiered number one at the box office. It may it made north of eight million on a twenty million budget. Now today's standards already a failure because if you don't make over your budget the first weekend, they, you're streaming in two weeks. Um, so it premiered 8 million on 20 million budget, but it went on to gross north of 32 million altogether. So it came out even, uh, other, uh, box office for that weekend was at number two outbreak three Dolores Claiborne, uh, four force Gump, uh, Five, a movie I've never heard of, Mural's Wedding. Uh, six, Circle of Friends. Seven, Man of the House. Eight, Pulp Fiction. That's crazy to think about. Uh, nine, Tank Girl. And ten, Tall Tale. A lot of Disney on there. A lot of, like, surprising things. You about to say something? Oh, you look like you pointed at No,
1: I just put my hand on my knee.
0: Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, this movie, usually we've been having a lot of, like, kind of equal, like, Critics, audience scores, but this one could not be further from the truth. Uh, Rotten Tomato score, it is, sits at a Rotten score of 39%, with an audience score of 90%. It has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a 4.5 out of 5 on Google. One person claiming, I have never laughed harder in my life. This is the funniest movie released of all time. Do you agree? Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's not – do you remember when you first saw this? No. I remember um, in my introduction I talked about how, like, I grew up with Chris Farley. He died when I was either six or seven years old. 1997, right? Yeah, so I was either six or seven. And um, I actually remember seeing this on vhs after it came out because my family had a very extensive vhs collection Um, and this was always one of the go-tos because um, how we would get movies well besides like uh, we watched snl so chris farley david spade that was like a must-have but like uh, ferris bueller we had that vhs and they always had like this this like Paramount preview in the beginning to the Footloose song and we always made it a goal if there was ever like a um like um the DVD to what's that movie called that I love I was four uh, League when you died. he was you were four man there's so uh, that's weird <laughs> that's weird to think about Um, uh, but like uh oh shit I I got lost on my tangent there <laughs> Uh, it is getting late. I am pretty tired. But, um... Oh, no. is the VHS thing. So, yeah. We always made it a goal, like, um... A League of Their Own also had it. And there's, like... They show all these movies in the preview advertising, like, Touchstone, Universal, Warner Brothers. And we always made it a goal to, like, try to find those movies and watch them. So, it's kind of one of the things that helped me grow more as a, uh... As a movie goer and a movie appreciator as time would go on. Um... This... Oh, yeah, I already read all that. But, yeah, that's all I have for uh the DeLorean at the moment. um But, man, like... the This man was going to be a star. He should have been Kevin James in Grown Ups. And I actually have, like, a VHS cover made of that. Kevin James probably wouldn't be... Kevin James wouldn't be in that little clique, I don't think, if you ask me. I think Chris Far... I think he i don't think well, who knows? i think Harley he fits with grow he, he might have he might have i don't know uh we it's sadly the what ifs that we ask and we will never know but this for now our what if section has come to a close and on to the next uh put a quick word from our fake sponsor
1: Shut the window, Tommy. You're letting moths in. No, it's hot in here. Would you please just Shh, look? It's him. America, if you need starters, spark plugs, ball joints, gaskets, camshafts, U joints, or rocker arms—anything that can be screwed or glued to that car or truck of yours—come see old Ray. Hey, you want a guarantee? I got a guarantee stamped on every box. But more important is the guarantee that I make to the American worker. I want your truck to help you get the job done. I want your cruiser to get out there safely so you can clean up the streets. And I want your kids to be safe when you take them for a ride. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, son. The name's Zelinsky. I make car parts for the American working man because that's what I am. And that's who I care about. John McAlellan, the Parts hmm
0: So now that we got that figured out, uh, interestingly enough, with Rob Lowe, as I was saying before you came in, Chris Farley was, like, weirdly uh, jealous of Rob Lowe and David Spade's friendship or relationship. And he would, like, verbally be, like, saying things to David Spade, like, Hey, David, how's Rob? And stuff like that. He was, like, genuinely jealous that David Spade would hang out with Rob Lowe sometimes there was this incident where there was like this misunderstanding and they actually had a, like a physical altercation on set one day. So that happened. Um, on the list showing the exam grades of all the stu- students at the beginning of the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, if you look at the bottom, one of the names is Helen Keller. Uh, she scored an F <laughs> And then if you look at the right of Helen Keller, you'll see Michael Jackson, and he got a D+. Uh, uh, David Spade and Chris Farley actually had to fly back and forth from there, from Toronto to New York, to do uh, Saturday Night Live every week, and for cast rehearsals and all that shit. Um, so this is a weird way, but the uh, Peter Siegel is the director of this film. And he's a director of, like, a bunch of other Adam Sandler films, including 51st Dates. Well, in 51st Dates, there's actually a direct reference to this film. Um, they mention that there's a Callahan Institute, which is funded out of Sandusky, and Hol- Sandusky Ohio, by T.B. Callahan, which Tommy yeah, Boy Callahan, yeah, okay. uh, which is an obvious reference to the film, and... Um, David Spade said the fat guy in a little coat routine began as an in-joke between him and Chris Farley when they shared an office together working at SNL. Um, So that's the genesis of that. Um, Tommy graduates from Marquette University, which was Chris Farley's real-life alma mater. Is that how you say that? Uh, Mater. Mater? So it's not matter? Fuck. I sound great. Uh, David Spade refused to let uh, the set stylist work on his hair. Uh, this accounts for his hair's tousled appearance in the film. Crew members would joke that his hair looked like a toupee and that this would lead to the gag where Richard's hair flies back, which is a late addition to the film. And that whole effect, it took four hours for them to apply that makeup. Just for one joke, and you know what? Um, fun fact, Dan Aykroyd only worked two days on this film. His whole thing was done in two days, which is, uh, kind of phenomenal. Um... It took the film crew five weeks to get the shot of the deer standing on the car. Uh, they gave a car to a trainer who fed a deer and let it eat and poop in and around the car for a month so the car, uh, the deer could get used to the car. And um, finally, they got the shot what they needed. But can you imagine how hard it's like, all right, deer, today's the day. You're going to get on that fucking car and just stand there for five seconds. <laughs> it's a it's worth the shot though like that whole scene we'll get into that scene later in a different uh segment but yeah that whole scene just man um chris farley was on the marquee marquette uh rugby team when he attended college there he is wearing a marquette rugby jacket in the movie um the oh wait no that's a what if um in the motel room on the TV in the background is a preview for Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult, also directed by Peter Siegel. Um, so, after filming, uh, Chris Farley ended up dating Lori, Lori Bagley, who played the skinny-dipping woman at the pool. Uh, this caused some tension between him and David Spade during the filming of Black Sheep. Uh, Spade was best friends with... Uh, I, it's either Bagley or Beigeley, and her... He later introduced her to Farley. They all hung out together, but her and Farley started getting very close, which led to them dating. This made Spade very salty as he was interested in her, too. Not to mention he found out about their relationship on accident as they were going out behind his back. So, yeah, some uh, behind-the-scenes drama there for us. Um... So in the scene where they are uh, attending the wedding reception for Big Tom Callahan, you can see Chris Farley's brother sitting in to Chris's left when Big Tom asked Tommy Boy to help him out with the song before his heart attack. Uh, uh, Chris Farley insisted that he do his own comedic stunts for Tommy Boy, which is something he's always done himself. He also did his own stunts for the movie uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Fun fact, not a great movie, but a great example. Uh, <laughs> the role... Uh, oh, no, that's what-if. They did? 38-20. Oh! Jordan Love had three touchdowns. Good for him. Good for him. Forty-five yards. That's what I like to hear, man. Um, Tommy says, son of a... Uh, Ten times throughout the entire film. Um, uh, David Spade's character says that... Uh, Richard, uh, Hayden, oh, sorry, David Spade's character Richard says that Big Tom, played by, uh, Brian Dennehy, was like a father to him, and Brian Dennehy would go on to play David Spade's father as Red Finch in the TV comedy Just Shoot Me, um, The convertible is a 1967 Plymouth GTX with a 440 engine and Krager SS wheels, if anyone's interested. Um, The house used at the beginning of the movie and in the wedding scene is the McLaughlin home, which was owned by Colonel Sam McLaughlin, founder of GM Canada. Uh, Tommy Boy was once Paramount's top 10 best-selling video of all time, joining the ranks of films like Indiana Jones movies, The Beverly Hills Cop, Top Gun, Wayne's World and Forrest Gump. Uh, This film made nearly a hundred million in video home sales alone. Huge, huge market. Um, In the scene where Paul is washing off the mud off Tommy, it it was actually like below twenty degrees. So during that scene, Chris Farley's actually wearing a wetsuit underneath to help him from um, um from yeah. So, a lot of people don't know this, but Rob Lowe has family in Dayton. I knew that. You did? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people don't, Cody. And so, the people that don't, fun fact for you. And I actually know someone who's related to him. I won't mention them by name, but I know someone. And when I found out about it, it became, like, super obvious looking at their brother. Because I was like, I can kind of see it. But... uh.
1: Do they not like to talk about it?
0: Well, it's just... I don't. I don't think it's my information to share. So that's why I won't share it.
1: But do they like talking about it, or do they? They know? don't bring it up. But it's like
0: he. They're like third or fourth cousins. No, so it's not... like kind of distant, but like they have like the same grandma or something. They have this, They share the same grandma. I think it is. So they might be closer. Um, but yeah. So. I bring that up because Rob Lowe was the one who pitched to the writers the cow tipping scene that we get in the movie. So, only someone from Ohio would think of the cow tipping scene. Uh, <laughs> so, fun fact for you, this podcast favorite director, Quentin Tarantino, this is actually one of his all-time favorite movies. So much so, he owns a 35 millimeter print of it and sometimes screens it at his house during parties. Can you imagine Quentin Tarantino? You guys want to have a good time? You guys want to watch Tommy Boy? Let's watch it. Let's go into my foyer. We're going to watch Tommy Boy. I want
1: to know what, uh, his house looks
0: is like. <laughs> isn't that the meme? Isn't that him walking through his own house? Or is that someone else's house in that meme? I really don't know. Anyway, um, so Bo Derek, who plays the mom... Back in the uh, early days, uh, late 1970s, 1979, she was in a film called Ten with Dudley Moore. And when she gets out of the pool when we're first introduced to her, Tommy is overheard remarking, she's like a ten, and that's supposed to be the reference to that? Ironically enough, before she filmed this, Bo Derek was in a very, like, bad marriage, a very obsessive husband, and... Before she did this film and did this scene, he forced her to cut off all of her hair. And the thing is, she still looks good with short hair, so uh joke's on him. But still, like, that's crazy, like, because everybody on set was ready for that and they were expecting Bo Derek 10 to walk through the door. Not like this short-haired Bo Derek walking through the door. But it, anyway, it still backfired on the son of a bitch. Uh, but going on, um, actually we won't go through a lot of these more because I really wanted to get to the scenes and stuff. Um, I will mention this because maybe pizza people care, maybe not. I don't know. The lunchbox young Tommy is carrying at the beginning of the film is, uh, I think someone's at the door. Uh, I think, uh, oh no, I don't think it is a Brady Bunch lunchbox, which is, uh, worth like buku bucks on eBay. If you're into that. Uh, the, the the Zelensky skyscraper is actually the Fox Plaza located in Los Angeles. This is the same building used in Die Hard, one of our favorites. Uh, so, interestingly enough, Bo Derrick was also nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for this for best or the worst supporting actress, but she lost to Madonna in Four Rooms, which has a segment also directed by Quentin Tarantino. Just a little fun facts. I like to connect things. You know how I am. It's like a little puzzle. Can you imagine having a w- award for the worst of something. Uh, we should ask Halle Berry that. Also an Ohio native. Bam. Uh, <laughs> so that uh, throughout the movie, Chris Farley is audibly hurrying. That's gonna leave a mark. That's actually a line spoken by Chris, or not Chris? Wow, not Chris Farley. <laughs> Uh, John Candy in the film Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, when he's, oh, that's gonna leave a mark. He so died He died bar- same year as me, being born. John Candy? I think so. Uh, maybe, yeah, that is possible. Um, but yeah, he died then. Um, it was David Spade's idea for Tommy and Richard to sing along to Superstar by the Carpenters. Uh, Lorne Michaels wanted to look around for some other songs to use with about 40 to uh, 50 alternatives, uh, but Lauren and Portmount would try to get favors, but they were all just too damn expensive.
1: I'll just let her know.
0: We'll do, uh, like, two more fun facts, and then we'll get into uh, our other categories. Uh, so, during filming, Brian Dennehy was 56 years old, while Bo Derek was 38 years old, and Rob Lowe was 30 years old. That was 30-year-old Rob Lowe. That's your age, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. 30-year-old Rob Lowe. Now he's in his 50s. He's probably... You know what? He's probably the same age as Brian Denehy now. That would be insane. Um,
1: He's 59.
0: He's fifty. So he's older. To put into context, think about how Rob Lowe looks today. He is older than Brian Denehy, who played Tommy... Boy's dad in this film at the time. That's weird. That's weird thing thing about. Um, and the last thing we'll go, let's uh choose something random. (laughs) Well, this is good. Uh the film is included on the film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. So many people love this movie, and Roger Ebert was like, fuck this, I hate this shit. (laughs) But yeah, that was, uh, 70% facts. Now we will get into, uh, our next category. All right, Cody, we are now in... Wait, listen, did you see that? Uh, it is the combination of our quotable quotes and our, uh, favorite scenes. Because I, again, you can't talk about quotes in a scene without talking about the scene. So, might as well just combine the bitches. Um... The bitches. So, first one here is, um... It's when Tommy first says it correctly. It's very well known. I can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take Butcher's word for it. Classic line, classic delivery, and it's it's great because it really shows his growth because throughout the whole movie, <laughs> he tries every variation of it, but none of it comes close to the real thing. Um, the next one is... Uh, <laughs> it's when tommy's like having the kind of breakdown in front of uh mr brady and it's uh the point is how do you do oh wait no no it's not the mr brady it's the guy who wants the guarantee on a box
1: chicken wings let's think about this for a sec ted why would somebody put a guarantee on a box hmm very interesting go on i'm listening here's the way i see it ted Guy puts a fancy guarantee in a box because he wants you to feel all warm and toasty inside. Yeah, makes a man feel good. Of course it does. Why shouldn't it? You figure you put that little box under your pillow at night, the guarantee fairy might come by and leave a quarter. Am I right, Ted? What's your point? The point is, how do you know the fairy isn't a crazy glue sniffer? Build a model airplane, says the little fairy. Well, we're not buying it. He sneaks into your house once, that's all it takes. Next thing you know, there's money missing off the dresser and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a hundred times. But why do they put a guarantee on the box then? Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. But for now, for your customer's sake, for your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality product from me. It's, <laughs> it's
0: just, Eddie, what's your point? Point is, I, <laughs> then we'll obviously play the clip. Uh, uh, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Uh, classic line. I love also the... Uh, The introduction of Rob Lowe's character, and you have that kid on the bus, like, making faces in the window, and Rob Lowe, without looking, smacks the kid's face into the window, and he's drinking a carton of milk randomly, and as a baby carriage and this woman with another kid passes by, he throws the milk carton inside the baby carriage at what I assume would be the baby's face. So... Possibly the greatest way to introduce us to a character that will be a 150% douchebag from here on out. Um, and of course, now we're at the Mr. Brady scene, but how do we forget his complete breakdown of uh,
1: you're driving along, you're driving along,
0: la-dee-dee-da. Um,
1: let's say you're driving along the road with your family and you're driving along, la-dee-la, <laughs> And then all of a sudden there's a truck tire in the middle of the road and you hit the brakes, <laughs> Whoa, that was close. (laughs) Now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the backseat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy! Not now, damn it! Truck tire! I can't stop! There's a cliff! And your family's screaming, Oh my god, we're burning alive! No, I can't feel my legs! In comes a meat wagon! And the medic gets out and says, Oh my god! New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. (laughs) Classic
0: fucking scene, classic delivery. And I just I know I probably should have read that whole thing, but it was hard not to. Uh <laughs> Tommy, you know you know a lot of people go to college for seven years and then Richard. I know. They're called doctors. Richard's sassy in this movie. Yes. Richard is full of sass. Uh, and then the whole like uh the whole what were you calling me from? A walkie-talkie? You
1: weren't on the plane. They said he had a surprise for me. Maybe I guess you should have called. I did call earlier when using the phone. Earlier, when was that? <laughs> or later, when then I uh, le- left a message. A message? What number did you call? Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No, it was cordless.
0: Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Uh, the fight in front of the prehistoric forest, the whole, like, uh, um, did somebody feel a gust of wind? And David Spade just completely kicks his ass, of course.
1: That's it! Get off! Get out of the car! It's go time! You and me! Look, Mommy, the rhino's getting too close to the car! Him too afraid to get out? He's just a little guy! That's it, big boy! I'm gonna wail on you! You're gonna regret volunteering for this. Yeah, hey, boys and girls, it's pop of smurf. You don't want none of me thinking through. Come on, give me your best shot. I'll give you a free one. Let me have it. <laughs> That's it? Come on, you can do better than that, can't you? Captain Limpress, try again. <laughs> hey, everybody, is there a window open? I feel a dress. <clears throat> <Huh. clears throat> if I wanted a kiss, I would have called your mother. <clears throat> Come on. <clears throat> that was a good one. Hey, prehistoric forest.
0: Um, and then the whole gas station scene where he accidentally, uh, breaks the car door. And then when he goes to open it, just falls off.
1: What'd you do? What'd
0: you do? And then the whole, like, interaction between him and the gas station. 22 miles the other direction. It keeps telling him he has the wrong map. And then, again, Richard being sassy that whole scene. Kind of being an asshole. Um. Did ever tell you that Ryan Sheets looks like David Spade? Okay, he should be on this podcast right now. It's kind of sad he isn't. We could have had David where's Spade. Where's he flying to now? Oh, I don't know, man. That guy is everywhere, and every. He, he, I'm jealous of his life sometimes. <laughs> um, um, but we also get it uh, that one where he, uh, where he's like. He makes his hair all crazy, and the guy's like, that's Mr. Brady. I'm fucking up everyone's names. But it's like that whole, like, forget it, I quit. And then, like, he goes on that whole spiel.
1: Boy, I'm really at a loss for words here. Forget it, I quit. I can't do this anymore, man. My head's about to explode. My whole life sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. My dad just died. We just killed Bambi. I'm out here getting my ass kicked, and every time I drive down the road, I want to jerk the wheel into a goddamn bridge imbuntment.
0: And then, of course, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Fat guy in a little
1: coat. Richard? Is this your coat? (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. Don't. (laughs) Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. Take it off, Dickhead. I'm serious. Richard, what's (laughs) happening?
0: Fat guy in a little. (laughs) (laughs) sleep. Um. And, of course, connecting to that scene is the Richard getting caught bopping the baloney. And then Chris Farley's everything he says after that. I wonder if she goes out with one of the Yankees.
1: I'm back. Richard, what were you doing? Uh, Going over some documents. Where are they? Geez, I don't see them. They're in my briefcase. I thought you were getting pizza. They were closed. How could you be reading documents when they're in your briefcase? Hmm, that's a mystery. Richard, were you watching Spank Revision? Okay, then, let's hit it. Maybe you were watching a movie with that funny comedian. Oh, what's his name? Buddy Wackett? All right, then, let's get some shut-eye. Hey, that's a pretty girl down there. Good for her. Geez, I wonder if she goes out with one of the Yankees.
0: You have a fly chilling on the back of your head right now. Get it. I don't know where I went. I think I got it, though. It's not there, so you're safe. <laughs> um, um, I like... Th- I do really enjoy the scene where uh, he meets Helen, and he really wants some uh, chicken wings.
1: Helen, that's nice. You look like a Helen. Helen, we're both in sales. Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. Let's say I go into some guy's office. Let's say he's even remotely interested in buying something. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. The pet is my possible sale. Oh, my pretty little pet. I love you. So I stroke it, I pet it, and I massage it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love my little naughty fat. You're naughty. And then I take my naughty pet and I go... <laughs> oh, oh! I killed it! I killed my sail! <laughs> That's when I blow it. That's when people like us have got to forge ahead, Helen. Am I right?
0: Tommy like Wingy. Um... Uh, but I it, there's a, like, Richard notices it, like, this is how Tommy's going to be a good salesman. Like, he's having fun with it. He knows how to talk to people. And that's what he tries to emphasize to about Big Tom, is, like, Big Tom knew how to talk to people. And he points out that, like, you know what? Tommy, you are your father's son. You have this in you. And interestingly enough, as much as, like, Because you know why David Spade's character is pushing against it. It's because he sees Big Tom as his dad. Because he didn't have a good parent. Really a real father growing up from what we find out later. And he's jealous of what Tommy has. But, you know, they come out better in the end for it. Um. Every. But, yeah. When he starts, like, getting his mojo going he's just selling and getting everything moving. Um. And then I also put every time Rob Lowe is on screen, especially the scene where he's like gets caught changing the addresses, but he like plays it cool and his shirt gets ripped off in the thing. And he just, I gotta go. (laughs) He just walks out the door. Like I said, this and Chris Trigger, his top two favorite things for me. Um, He's okay in St. Elmo's fire, but he's like really douchey eighties in that, but still a good actor. Um, (laughs) Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? (laughs) <laughs> uh, i love when richard is on the intercom for the flight and he's everything richard says on the intercom but especially like okay folks the guy in front of you is tommy he's gonna be talking you through my little spiel here tommy is a scorpio he likes biking and he's never been late <laughs> cry and then, then, like the the little look <laughs> he gives bless you little look he gives to each other to him um and then, of course uh Ray Zelensky. everything he says is great, but there is one thing he says after Rob Lowe's character gets his nuts smashed by that little, like, test dummy shit.
1: Marty, find out where the police will be taking him. Send over a bottle of bubbly with a bucket of ice in a car. Have it say tough break, get drunk on me, use the bucket of ice down your marble. here's the...
0: Funniest fucking delivery of that line. Um, but uh that's all I have written down for, like, the favorite scenes. But... I, there, he does have some serious moments throughout, there's the scenes where, like, he's kind of talking to his dad about, need a little more wind here, or, oh my god, Helen's whole, like, listen you little spazoids! I,
1: listen up you little spazoids! I know where you live and I've seen where you sleep, I swear to everything holy that your mothers will cry when they see what I've done to you.
0: Um, what else? I do like the wedding scene, but the, there's, like, one of the board members says something particularly hilarious. He, and he's, you can tell he's had a few, and he's like,
1: I just want to tell you, you really look dynamite today, Beverly. Yeah, Tom, you are a lucky man. Boy, But I like to get some of that. Good lord. Oh, okay. God. No, listen, Richard, you got an edit button on that thing? It'll cost you Come, Come here, you little prick!
0: Crack up every time, um... I think the funeral scene where they play, um, um, what's that song called? Amazing Grace. They play Amazing Grace on the bagpipes very beautifully. Um, and, like, he goes, uh, and just sits on the docks of his dad's company, and it's a, it shows Chris Farley had another layer that we didn't, just like Shrek, he was an onion. We didn't get to see all of his layers, sadly, but... What?
1: Someone's
0: knocking. Someone is knocking? Okay. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, I guess we'll cut this one. Uh, well, actually... Hey, buddy. Hey, you want to come and talk about Toby Boy with us? Um, I got to go home and do my cowboy work. Oh, okay, yeah, likely story. Bye, have a good yeah. night. See you, bud. Yeah, <laughs> but we probably should uh, wrap this up so we can finish our uh, normal stuff. Um, what, are, what are your, like, thoughts on this? Because, you know, you kind of... Didn't get to be as part as much as you probably would like to have. So let's hear like your appreciation, Chris Farley, Tommy Boy. Just let it flow, man. I think Chris Farley fucked
1: up. Yes, (laughs) he did fuck up. And we got robbed of a legend.
0: Yeah, I mean it's sad. It was it was an accident, and that's it. But he shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. He shouldn't have, but that's where like.
1: It's probably why he was sweating so much.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that's... It, I, there was, like, one movie I saw of him, and he looked particularly pretty rough in it. I can't think of what the movie is right offhand, but it was, like... Little Nicky? He wasn't in Little Nicky. He was long gone before Little Nicky. But um, but still, like...
1: Oh, my God. What's I the can't... bus
0: driver when he was in? That's Billy Madison. Oh, I really swear, cool. I will take this and throw us all... Whatever he says Billy Madison, and then, like, oh, my God... I had a friend who was a friend who knew her, and they got it on. No, they didn't. Yeah, that's true. But you can imagine that they did, right? Yeah, but no, you can't. And then, oh, my God. And then, like, at the end of Billy Madison, he ends up with the penguin. He, and then, like, is he getting a hand job in that scene? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's getting a hand getting Well, would it be, is he getting flippered? Flippered. Would they call it flipping?
1: Yeah, because they don't have a...
0: Is penguins. it getting flipped off? It's getting flipped off. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, but penguins are majestic creatures. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is, uh, you would probably agree, like, this is probably his best film. Now, he, he guessed, he was, like, made small cameos in a lot of movies, especially, like, Mike Myers and Adam Sandler I movies. Was Eddie Murphy, wasn't he? I don't think he, because Eddie Murphy came out with The Nutty Professor probably around this time. <laughs> I don't think he was ever what in was a, a Murphy movie, though. Let me look. He probably was on SNL. No, I think he left. Uh, Eddie was gone from SNL at this point, too. Um, I could be wrong. Check that out for me. Um, but, yeah, God, this movie, though. Uh, it was so funny. Um, oh, uh, how did I forget the... Uh,
1: Housekeeping, you want pillow? Housekeeping? No, thank you. it Housekeeping? Could you come back in an hour? Housekeeping, you want towel? I want towels. need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want me for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. hotel is this. Oh,
0: it's you. <laughs> that's he. Go away, for the love
1: of God!
0: Um, and of course, just uh, I don't know that that whole deer scene's great. Um, when he gains his mojo, that's all great. And yeah, it's just a good, fun movie. Uh, I put on Letterboxd when I was rating this. That this is one of those like movies that you can. Put in, and you know you're gonna laugh, you know you're gonna cry, but you know you're gonna have a good time with it. Because Chris Farley, if you put anyone, I cannot, I couldn't come up with what ifs. Like, could you imagine anyone else in Big and Tommy Boys? It's one of those movies that you can't remake either. Now, in a world, if it was taken more seriously. I guess you could possibly throw Mike Myers into the mix if you wanted to take it a different route if they were serious about changing it from Chris Farley to but I feel like this was probably the since Chris Farley was always attached I feel like this might be in his brainchild if you will but I could be wrong but anyway yeah we'll we'll call this one short uh I think we should do Tropic Thunder. Like, fuck it. We won't go... I I don't have the bag on me right now. I was going to
1: say, where's the bag? The bag
0: is outside, sadly. I forgot it outside, and we we really got to go and do some stuff here uh, in the next few minutes. So, yeah. um,
1: What's in the bag?
0: What's in the bag? Well, this week, I think we're just going to say F it and go with uh, Tropic Thunder. It's controversial, but man, I'm just... It keeps getting brought up. I want to rewatch it. I, I've rewatched it not long ago, but I think it's time. I think it's time we just have the conversation because <laughs> we've already put it out there. Might as well go the full, full on thing now. But uh I'm brian the movie guy, along with co-host extraordinaire Cody wilfong and we will see you next week. So uh, bonjour. <laughs>
1: Change it if you want. I don't care, it's up to you. I can live with it if you can. I can Suit yourself live in love with you. Don't you remember you told me?